0: Welcome to AFA at the Core on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you today. We are live streaming the show on Facebook and YouTube. If you go to the American Family Radio Facebook page, you can watch the show there. You can also go to my AFA at the Core YouTube channel and watch the show. And Of course, we're always live streaming the audio on our website, AFR.net, and on the AFR app. So multiple ways for you to listen to the show. Once again, this is AFA at the Core. I'm your host, Walker Wildman, uh, broadcasting live from our uh, national headquarters here in Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, On the phone with us, or on the line with us, we have uh, Pastor Jeff Shreve. He is a host of From His Heart, heard each uh, week uh, evening at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio. He's also pastor of First Baptist Texarkana. And uh, Pastor Shreve, welcome to AFA at the Core.
2: Thanks, Walker. It's great to be on.
0: Hey, I, I kept up. Uh, I follow you on Twitter and, and keep up with your work. And, and I know you've been filling in, filling in for some of our hosts here on the network. And we appreciate that. Um, this morning, you put out a statement about uh, making sure that as believers, that we are praying uh, for uh, those working in the medical field, doctors, nurses, uh, all kind of uh, 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 physicians and and employees that work in the medical field, especially with COVID, uh, really. Um, um, wreaking a lot of havoc across the South. Um, We have that going on, and I saw um, I wanted to have you on for that uh, before even the news broke this morning about what's going on in Afghanistan. So I just think it's appropriate, and I appreciate you coming on. And I just want to ask you to uh, pray for our service members in Afghanistan, pray for our leaders in Washington, D.C., and let's also pray, please, for those in the medical field who are, Uh, exhausted and struggling uh, with caring for people uh, across hospital systems all across the country.
2: Sounds good. Thank you for inviting me to do that. I'd love to do that. Let's pray. Our Father, we just give you praise because we know that you are the sovereign Lord. You're in charge of all things, and Lord, there's nothing outside of your control, and um, everything is open and laid bare to the eyes of Him with whom we have to do And God, you've told us in your word that you're our refuge and strength and a very present help when we're in trouble. And so, Lord, we just cry out to you and we pray on behalf of those in Afghanistan, our service members in Afghanistan who are in harm's way, who are trying to uh, do a good job, trying to rescue people and uh, having a difficult time doing that for a number of reasons lord we just pray for strength we pray for you to to protect them lord we pray for the people that are trapped there we pray for you to build a hedge around them for them to be able to get to the airport we pray for them to be able to get uh, delivered from that regime and uh, father we do pray for uh, our leaders in washington that uh, god you would give wisdom and uh, that they would see what they need to do, and they would have the courage to do it. And uh, Father, we know that um, our life uh, and our lives are in your hands, and so we just trust you, and we thank you that you hear our prayers when we intercede for those in need. And Father, we have people in need here in America, our frontline medical workers, our doctors and nurses and PAs and MPs and orderlies, and all those who are dealing with the coronavirus outbreak, And Lord, I know that it is draining, that it is taxing. They're seeing people struggle. They're seeing people die. They're just being overloaded. And uh, it is without break. And so I just know that they're uh, stressed and they're at their their end point. So I just pray, God, that you would uh, pour out your grace and your comfort and your strength and your power and your wisdom on them. And, Father, that uh, the treatments that they're giving these people, I pray that those would um, begin to really work. And people that are in serious condition would start getting better even today, even now as we pray. I pray, God, that you would uh, stop the outbreak among us, that uh, there would be a, a marked decline in cases, Father, that uh, you would use medicines and breakthroughs and that you would just uh, take this situation, Lord, to, to use it to cause us in America to call upon your name, to know that, uh, God, we desperately need you. And uh, apart from you, we can do nothing, but with you, we can do all things. And so, Lord, we, uh, we pray with King Jehoshaphat. Uh, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, and you're the God who's faithful and true. And we give you all the praise, and we trust you to answer these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Yes, amen. amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff Shreve. Um, God bless you. Keep up the good work. And thank you so much for coming on the program and praying for our military and praying for those here domestically.
2: Thank you, Walker. God bless.
0: Thank you. All right. Well, that was Pastor Jeff Shreve from Texarkana, Texas, pastor of uh, First Baptist Church in Texarkana, also host of From His Heart uh, Ministries here on American Family Radio. You can hear his show each weeknight at 6 p.m. So that was Pastor Jeff Shreve leading us in a time of prayer uh, to open the show. Uh, That's the the most appropriate thing that we can do um, at this time. Uh, you know, what's going on, just to update our audience, those who aren't aware of what's going on, um, <clears throat> before I do that, here's our, our scripture for the week. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 is our scripture for the week here on the show. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your your uh, straight your paths. That's our scripture for the week. Uh, For those who don't know what's going on in Afghanistan, just within the last few hours, um, tragedy has struck our U.S. forces in Afghanistan. Uh, The original reports were that uh, three, uh, I'm sorry, four U.S. service members uh, died in the line of duty this morning, uh, which is evening in Kabul, Afghanistan. Uh, New reports now Within the last 10 minutes, say 10 U.S. service members, most likely Marines, uh, passed away, died in the line of duty uh, in Afghanistan within the last four to five hours. Um, What happened there from what we know thus far, and this is a still developing story, but a suicide bomber um, detonated a bomb outside of one of the gates at the international airport there where, where our U.S. Marine Service members were trying to let in uh, U.S. citizens and uh, Afghan allies to get into the airport. Uh, well, a bomb went off and killed, um, we know, 10 Marines. Uh, we also are seeing reports of about 60 total fatalities. Uh, 50 of those, roughly, are um, people of other national- nationalities. So, uh, whether it be Afghans or any other countries, I've got a clip here. Uh, that we're going to play. This is uh, clip four. This is a CBS report of what's going on in Kabul.
3: Now let's bring in David Martin. He's at the Pentagon. David, this is exactly what U.S. officials were worried about. What are your sources saying about what happened? Well, Gail, we have a, a, a new tweet from the Pentagon spokesman, John Kirby, and let me just read that to you. We can confirm that the explosion at the Abbey Gate was the result of a complex attack that resulted in a number of U.S and civilian casualties. We can also confirm at least one other explosion at or near the Barron Hotel, a short distance from the Abbey Gate. So that's two confirmed explosions and official confirmation of U.S. casualties. We don't know how many. We don't know how severe. But this is obviously the worst-case scenario coming to pass and the scenario that U.S. intelligence had been warning about, namely that uh, ISIS would attempt to conduct a terrorist attack against the crowds outside the uh, airport there in in Kabul in these final days of uh, the American war in Afghanistan.
0: Well, there you have it. That's a CBS report within the last two hours of what's going on in Afghanistan. And, folks, this is a very, very tense situation where we have 10 U.S. service members who have – who have died in the line of duty within the last five to six hours. And um, there are reports that this, this, is, this is not done. This is not over yet. Um, we don't know who did the attack, who's responsible for it, um, whether it be the Taliban or ISIS or some other kind of affiliate. Um, but this is a very, very bad situation in Afghanistan. And we still have hundreds, if not thousands, of U.S. forces within the base within the international airport there. Uh, I read a report uh, where one of one of our ally countries, whether it be Germany or another country, they were just leaving. They just got on an airplane and left. All their troops left at the international airport there. The UK, uh, uh, Boris Johnson, the prime minister there, he said they're going to stay to make sure that all of their citizens get out. Um, but this is a very bad situation. We've got a couple thousand U.S. troops there at this military base, basically on an island all by themselves. Um, maybe some air support, but but how much air support can you use in a city of 6 million people uh, without, without civilian uh, casualties? So this is not um, a situation where you can just call in some F-16s, some F-15s, and, and fix a problem. This is in a heavily populated city um, where uh, there's no really good way to handle this. Situation, and you add on top of all of this the entire reason uh, that we're still at that airport is because we have American citizens still in country. We have American citizens still in Afghanistan, some of which cannot get to the airport. And this is what's been so frustrating for people over this entire week as we've been covering this story, is that people have been saying, "Look, Americans can't get to the airport." There's been firsthand accounts of, of American citizens stuck in Afghanistan that can't get through the Taliban checkpoints to the airport. But the White House and the State Department, they've acted like that's not a problem. They've brushed it off. They've said uh, all Americans can get to the airport, uh, even Americans who are hundreds of miles away. Um, so this is a major problem. And, and, and President Biden said we're getting out on, on August 31st no matter what, even if all American citizens are not out. So this is a very, very bad situation in Afghanistan, and 10 U.S. service members uh, are, have uh, passed away, have died as a result of these bombings, at least two bombings in Kabul, Afghanistan. And these U.S. soldiers have been put in a, in a terrible situation, a terrible situation because here these Marines are standing outside of the gates of, the, of this international airport where there's thousands of people in the crowd, thousands of Afghans trying to get in the airport. Um, and these Marines are right up on the front lines uh, trying to find uh, valid people who do need into the airport, like American citizens. Um, so this is a this was a tragic uh, incident waiting to happen and our intelligence and our, and our government warned that this was going to happen. They knew this was coming. The intelligence saw this coming. They warned over the past two to three days uh, that an attack was coming to the airport. and it, it has. And it's an absolute tragedy. Just reading um, some statements put out by former government officials and current uh, Congress persons, our Congress men and women. Nikki Haley, the former ambassador to the United Nations, she put out a tweet earlier saying, "Should Biden step down or be removed for for his handling of Afghanistan? Yes," she said. But that would leave us with Kamala Harris, which would be ten times worse. God help us. Um, That's a statement from Nikki Haley, the former ambassador to the United Nations, also the former governor of South Carolina. Another statement put out by Representative Ronnie Jackson out of the state of Texas. He put out a statement and said this, if President Trump can be impeached over a phone call, then the time has come to impeach Biden for the gross negligence in Afghanistan. Representative Ronnie Jackson went on to say, Americans deserve better. We deserve better than someone who will, willfully ignores the worst crisis in decades, and that it truly is. I read a p- report earlier where, where the U.S. hasn't lost a U.S. service member since February of 2020 before today. And here in one day, because of a crisis that could have been avoided, uh, we have 10 U.S. soldiers Uh, now dead in the line of duty within a matter of hours uh, because of the disaster that is Afghanistan. So we're going to talk more about this after the break. We're going to have on Frank Gaffney, uh, national security expert, next segment to talk further about this. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in a few minutes.
2: You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Apostle Paul penned his second epistle to Timothy, now an elder in the church at Ephesus, in about 64 or 65 A.D., while imprisoned in Rome, awaiting his imminent execution under Nero. In warning Timothy about the coming perilous times, marked by the increased anti-Christian persecution in the Roman Empire in 64 AD, Paul directed Timothy to his speech and his feet. In speech, Paul gave Timothy priceless biblical instruction. In feet, Paul left Timothy a legacy of lifestyle. Christ's following demands consistency between speech and feet.
1: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, PUBLIC POLICY ANALYST FOR THE AMERICAN FAMILY ASSOCIATION.
2: THIS IS RAISING Godly THE GIRLS MINUTE WITH PATTY Garibay OF AMERICAN HERITAGE GIRLS.
3: AT THE END OF A LONG SCHOOL DAY, A CHALLENGING REHEARSAL OR A TOUGH GAME, DOES YOUR DAUGHTER LOOK FORWARD TO WALKING THROUGH THE FRONT DOOR AND JUST BEING HOME OR WOULD SHE RATHER GO SOMEWHERE ELSE? If she'd rather be anywhere but with your family, ask yourself, what's keeping her from enjoying the sanctuary of home? Could it be the lack of space to unwind? Set aside a space in your home, like a small closet or corner, to be a sanctuary, a quiet, devoted space that allows her to unwind and connect with God. String up lights add cozy blankets and keep a family Bible there. Give her the space to form healthy spiritual habits and stress-coping mechanisms.
2: We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com
1: AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
0: Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. A resource I want to mention to you, which is very critical in the raising of your children and discipleship making, is this resource put together by Alex McFarland, and he is host of co-host of Exploring the Word here on American Family Radio, heard each weekday. Well, this kit here called The 21 Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About Christianity is an excellent resource that comes with a DVD curriculum and uh, two workbooks, a participant's workbook and the leader's guide. This is an excellent resource to help you as a parent, as a grandparent, to help answer the questions that come uh, from your little children. And the questions will come if you are raising them in a godly home, uh, speaking God's Word into their life. uh, The questions about God's Word will come. So this kit helps you answer some of the toughest questions uh, your kids will ask about Christianity. So some of the questions uh, have to do with uh, the Holy Spirit, um, Jesus, uh, suffering and evil, Questions about miracles and questions about Christian living, just to name a few. So this resource here is available at our resource center, resources.afa.net is the location on the website on the on the on the internet where you can grab this resource. Uh, we are getting uh, more information about what's going on in Afghanistan. Uh, this is a tragedy um, in Afghanistan. For U.S. service members, uh, we are now getting reports of 13. I said 10 last segment, uh, the latest number, and, and at this rate, this could go up. Uh, 13 U.S. soldiers are now, believed killed in Afghanistan, 20 troops wounded, and 10 in critical condition. According, according to Pentagon uh, sources, that's the latest going on. In Afghanistan, so this is this is an absolute tragedy uh, that could have been avoided. Somebody's going to have to answer for this. Somebody's absolutely going to have to answer for this. And it, it's not that we are leaving Afghanistan; it's the way in which we are leaving. Uh, the way in which um, the ta- we we allowed the Taliban to take over all of Afghanistan in a matter of two weeks. They take o- they took over all of Kabul. And all that was left for the U.S. to operate out of was <clears throat> this international airport in Kabul. And so we've got Marines there securing it. And it's a very tense situation. You've got thousands of, of, of people outside trying to get into the airport, trying to get through the gates. Um, and that's what, what the context was when um, <clears throat> when this bomb or these bombs now went off. And there's reports now of a third bomb that has gone off outside of this airport. In Kabul, so that's where we are. Uh, that's the latest that we're at right now um, in uh, in Afghanistan, and we're going to have on with us here in a few minutes uh, Frank Gaffney with Center for Security Policy. He's also a national security expert. We're going to have him on to get his opinion. But before we do that, I want to continue uh, giving some some context here. The um, by the way, we're we're flying out thousands. The U.S. along with other allied countries, we're flying out thousands of of Afghans and some U.S. citizens out of Afghanistan. But uh, there there's um, because uh, apparently our U.S. government was unprepared for this situation. We are flying out um, thousands of unvetted Afghans. Uh, Some of these have been vetted. Some of them have been vetted through our system, uh, but thousands of them haven't been uh, vetted, and so this is this is a problem. And um, these these uh, Afghans have to be vetted before they come into the to the U.S. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not criticizing letting Afghan allies into the America. I think, especially for those who helped our troops, the translators, uh, those who worked on the front lines with American troops. Uh, they deserve some type of protection uh, from these terrorists, but we've got to make sure that 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 uh, Taliban and ISIS sympathizers don't make it into the homeland uh, through this uh, this uh, uh, process of flying Afghans out of Afghanistan and into the U.S. We have to make sure uh, those are, are vetted completely and fully. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about that more later in the show. I've got a Breitbart story. But right on, uh, right now, we'll jump to our guest, Frank Gaffney, on the phone with us, national security expert and executive chairman for the Center for Security Policy. Uh, Frank, you, thank you for joining us.
4: It's my pleasure, Walker. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Frank, I wanted to have you on uh, the last two days uh, before w- the news broke this morning. But uh, go ahead and comment on the, the what's going on in Afghanistan.
4: I apologize for delaying this, uh, but in a way, it's uh, opportune because what I've been anticipating is now beginning to unfold. Um, That's not good news. That's uh, very unfortunate, but it is uh, likely a foretaste of what is yet to come. As your audience knows, um, we have been uh, watching the steady and accelerating unraveling of our position in Afghanistan now for several months, um, basically dating back to July when Joe Biden announced that we were going to be leaving the country lock, stock, and barrel by the 11th of September. A particularly ill-considered timing, needless to say. As the date approached, Uh, for our complete withdrawal, um, the administration began removing uh, all of the support, uh, particularly air support and logistical support and contractor support for the Afghan army. And when that was combined with the uh, unannounced abandonment of Bagram, Airbase base uh, to our allies who were on the base with us, uh, in which American forces slipped out uh, in the dark of night, apparently without anybody knowing that we were leaving, um, the morale of those forces, um, even if they had continued to be equipped and supported, would have been seriously undone. But when you combine the body blow to the morale, as well as um, essentially leaving them unarmed, unequipped to deal with this uh, emboldened enemy, the Taliban. Um, The the end was absolutely predictable and it came on very, very quickly. Um, The collapse of the Afghan army and government um, made the situation all the more desperate, um, giving rise to Heavens only knows how many Americans and contractors uh, and other personnel, uh, including Afghans, who hoped for, expected, uh, were entitled, different cases, to um, our protection and extraction. Um, But all of it was to come out of um, an airbase, not an airbase, an airport um, in the midst of this city uh, surrounded on three sides by hills, uh, any one of which, uh, as well as the adjacent area, could easily be used to shut down the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, we were given a deadline, the del- deadline has been moved forward, it seems, um, and uh, now there have been attacks on the periphery of the airport, murderous attacks that have killed, apparently. Um, Not only some servicemen, but um, American citizens and uh, a number of children, and Mm. uh, we're told uh, missionaries and um, some of the people they were trying to help flee the country. All of this is to say it has the makings of um, a military as well as strategic defeat for the United States of America, I think unprecedented in our nation's history.
0: Uh, Frank, I I think... Um, Many people have said over the years, we need to get out of Afghanistan. And and that's I know that's a generic statement, a very broad statement. Some say literally get out everything out. Some say we leave some support forces there to fend off the terrorists. Nonetheless, um, getting out does not mean this. Um, And that that, I think that needs to be kind of parsed out. So talk a little bit about the, the, the fact that We could have drawn down in afghanistan substantially without leaving it wide open for the terrorists to take over the entire country
4: i think most of the people who say we should have pulled out entirely were unaware of how few americans were actually on the ground at the time joe biden made his announcement i think it was on the order of two or three thousand uh, which is a non-trivial number of people, but in the great scheme of things, a very, very skeletal force um, to do what we were doing, which was basically supporting uh, the Afghan government and military and keeping the Taliban uh, mostly at bay. I personally had been in favor of a different approach um, to the one that we were then um, pursuing, let alone the the big army, massive footprint that we had had for many years prior to that, uh, as an alternative to uh, not only that sort of status quo ante, but also to uh, complete withdrawal. And that was something that Eric Prince, interestingly enough, has been espousing for some time with a a kind of amendment. Um, Eric has been in favor of having uh, a number of volunteers, uh, contractor personnel, Uh, who would be in place working very closely, side by side, really, with the Afghan military units, providing air support, providing logistical support, providing uh, some intelligence support, um, as well as, uh, you know, combat arms uh, as needed. And um, the amendment to that, which Eric had pitched to President Trump and President Biden's staff, um, in turn, uh, would be empowering the people of Afghanistan at the very local level in a way that we successfully did in Vietnam before the politicians uh, threw in the towel and and precipitated a a similar kind of route there. Um, This meant basically enabling the villagers, literally at the most local level, to have a stake in their own security as well as you know their community's future prosperity, and it worked very well in Vietnam. It actually was working for a time in Afghanistan as well, from 2010 to 2013, under a rubric of called the uh, Village Support Operations. But it was stopped by the Obama administration, and I think from that point forward, um, the edifice of this uh, centralized government became more and more untenable and more and more. Uh, difficult to sustain. And so that window is closed. Unfortunately, I think that would have been a far, far better way to go. I think we would not be dealing with any of the crises that are upon us now were we to have done that. But um, alas, uh, President Trump was talked out of taking such steps by his military. Um, Leaders and um, the Biden administration has had no interest in doing any of that, I think. And therefore, we've now got the plug pulled, the bug out fully on, and the repercussions now almost incomprehensibly huge.
0: Frank, let me ask you this. Um, I've had a hard time when I read up on Afghanistan and our history there. I've had a hard time grasping or trying to understand America's national security vested interest there meaning the the camp that says we should stay there for a long time. Um, what is, what is America's, d- does America have a vested national interest, national security interest in Afghanistan? If so, what, what would that be?
4: Well, I'm, I'm kind of mindful of some of our previous history. You know, we've had troops on the ground in Germany, and Japan and South Korea for decades and decades and decades and to be sure there aren't combat operations going on in that country and there weren't people trying to kill them uh, at least most of the time um, but we made the commitment to having forces there to have a presence there to maintain the stability of those countries and uh, to stave off uh, both from internal sources and external ones um, threats to uh, what were basically uh, friendly governments uh, pro-Western governments and and in that spirit I, I think especially against the backdrop of what is now in prospect we're, we're looking at um, a very high cost indeed for deciding that we would not maintain some kind of presence. Again, I would take a different course than we're doing now or Mm -hmm. we're doing. But the main point is for a fairly trivial sum and investment uh, of our personnel, uh, we could have, I think, maintained a situation that staved off What's happening as we speak, which is um, the creation of people are now calling it of a a terrorist super state Hmm. in Afghanistan, one that will be not only a magnet for terrorists um, plotting uh, the kinds of operations that were run against us in 9-11 that led to our intervention there in the first place, um, but worse, uh, be an inspiration to what I think of as Sharia supremacists wow. Sharia being of course the the central code of uh, of authoritative islam and and the people trying to impose it on everybody else so yeah. that's what's now in prospect and i think it's terrible that it's happening hmm. uh, all
0: right folks we got frank gaffney on the line with us talking about what's going on in afghanistan we're going to talk a little bit about china after the break uh, frank stick with us we'll be back in about two minutes You're listening to AFA at the Core. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Check out our website, AFR.net, to listen live. And we'll be back in just a few minutes.
1: Gospel. What I heard on the radio, you guys have changed my life. Vital information.
0: My kids and I are so thankful for you, and we love your news and everything that you'll give out.
1: God is using American Family Radio to transform American culture. We'd love to hear your story. Call 877 876 8893. That's 877 876 8893. You might hear yourself on the air during our Share October 12th, 13th, and 14th.
5: and start saving. Here it is. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE.
6: Hi, I'm Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives every day, even children. Do you know the average age of a child who is trafficked is 12 years old? I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and help end this human tragedy. Eight Days of Hope is decided to be a part of that solution. God's opened up a door for us to partner with existing ministries, and that's where we bring skilled volunteers to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility for survivors to receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual healing they need. If you're skilled in any trade and you want to use your gifts for a greater purpose, please contact us at safehouse at 8 daysofhopecom We would love for you to join us on our next project. For more information about the ministry of Eight Days of Hope, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com.
1: AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
0: Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Uh, just to update our listeners, the latest going on in Afghanistan. Um, I'm getting a couple mixed uh, numbers from uh, the number of fatalities, uh, but uh, we have at least 10, anywhere between 10 to 13 uh, U.S. service members who have died in the line of duty in Kabul, Afghanistan. Another 20 troops uh, wounded and 10 of those in critical condition, along with dozens of civilian fatalities there in Afghanistan because of a terrorist bombing uh, outside of the gate of Kabul International Airport. Uh, On the line with us, we have Frank Gaffney, national security expert and also executive chairman for the Center for Security uh, Policy. Uh, Frank, continuing our discussion, uh, there's been some talk about um, China's vested interest in Afghanistan now that there's a void Uh, What do you know? What's the background of there? What's what's the Chinese interest in partnering with Afghanistan?
4: The Chinese have been interested in pursuing um, a kind of partnership with the Taliban for quite some time. Uh, Most immediately, I think, in the interest of handing us a strategic defeat, uh, preferably a humiliating strategic defeat, of the kind that we are now experiencing. Um, They have other interests. Um, They've uh, been seeking to exploit um, what's estimated to be a trillion dollars worth of uh, lithium and other rare earth minerals that are deposited around Afghanistan. Um, They see Afghanistan as a critical component of um, the sort of imperial um, infrastructure build-out that they call the Belt and Road Initiative. And I think more generally they want to make sure that uh, what is a Sharia supremacist operation in Afghanistan does not create new problems for them with their uh, Muslim Minorities in Western China. So, for all these reasons, I think they're interested in playing a big role there. And uh, it seems as though they're now in the process of realizing, at least for the time being, those ambitions.
0: Uh, let me ask you this, Frank. There were some reports last week about a U.S. State Department strategy working with ally countries uh, that, that was really fostered and developed and matured under the Trump administration. Uh, a contingency plan to get American citizens and Afghan allies and eventually U.S. troops out of Afghanistan should an event like we're seeing unfolded before our eyes happen. Um, but apparently the Biden administration scrapped uh, that plan uh, in the early days of the Biden administration. For what reason, we don't know, other than the fact that it had Trump's name on it. Uh, do you know anything about that that plan that was scrapped, that contingency, contingency plan?
4: Well, none none of the particulars, but it it would not be surprising given that NATO uh, was a partner in our efforts in Afghanistan for many years. And so in the normal course of things, as Donald Trump hoped to remove all U.S. forces from the country, that um, we would have been engaged in planning and contingency planning, especially with um, our NATO partners, um, uh, many of them uh, you know, prominent nations of Europe, of course. Um, what we're looking at, though, now uh, is the absence of such planning. And worse yet, Walker, and, and this may be a controversial statement, but I feel it very strongly, the realization of what seems to be a deliberate strategy on the part of the Biden administration hmm. uh, to maximize the damage that was done to the United States in the way they have undertaken this uh, end of military uh, presence and operations in Afghanistan. And, and it fits a larger pattern, I have to say, that um, I think can best be described as a wrecking operation. By this administration, I, I honestly cannot think of a thing that the administration of Joe Biden has touched. Uh, whether it's the border, the uh,
0: whether economy, it's the
4: economy, yeah. whether it's regulations, uh, whether it's uh, you know the uh, the uh, demoralizing and um, mistreatment of our military, uh, this whole critical race theory training and purging and so on. Uh, let alone, you know, this complete catastrophe, it seems the the only explanation, I mean, some of this you can ascribe to incompetence, but you can't ascribe all of that. No, I agree. And much more uh, to just incompetence. I think there is a purposeful effort to make this as horrific for the country as possible. And to what end we can speculate about, but I can tell you who is the principal beneficiary of all of it. China. And that would be Communist China, the Chinese Communist Party specifically.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It seems like every foreign policy decision made by the Biden administration benefits China or Russia, one of the two, um, which is it's absolutely astonishing. Yeah, or both. I saw where Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen multiple reports of policy decisions made by the Biden administration that directly benefit our adversaries, uh, which is stunning. Mm -hmm. Frank, what's it? But it's but it's true
4: of domestic policy too. Yes. When you think about it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, d- dismantling our energy security posture our, our energy independence, specifically, who who's benefiting from that?
0: Yeah, no no du-
4: Americans, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Frank, what it's astonishing to even fathom uh that we have thousands of Pentagon um, staff members, tens of thousands of Pentagon staff members and commanders and hi- and and people that are responsible for then reporting recommendations and strategies to the White House for approval, and we've got top-notch intelligence agencies. Uh, there's, To your point, what happened in Afghanistan, the White House had to have known it was not only going to happen, but they knew in the days leading up to it uh, that it was actively happening. And so so that, that, that means that the White House sat on this information in real time when it happened and did nothing to prevent oh, where we are now, which is, uh, to me, Frank, I, I don't know how a commander-in-chief can stay in a position if, if, if he willingly ignored and put our troops in this situation.
4: You know, there's a, a, a very prominent um, British former commander of uh, his country's troops in the United Kingdom. He was featured, as you may have seen, on Mark Levin's program on Sunday night. His name is uh, Colonel Richard Kemp. And he had a really remarkable um, statement in describing what a, you know, military, um, well, disaster, I guess is the word he used. Uh, This has proven to be um, a betrayal, as he put it of not only our country, but of, of the West more generally. And he said, you know, there's some talk now about impeachment being in order for Joe Biden. And he argued what's really in order is for the commander in chief to be court-martialed yes. for what has been done here. And, you know, we'll have to wait to see what, you know, the after action reports and the, uh, the postmortem as it's called uh, of all of this is uh, as to exactly what recommendations he received and who uh, took what steps in response to them. But uh, the buck does stop with this president and there seems to be no question that he was given counsel to do different things than he did. And at his direction, I believe uh, we have now seen a very, very, catastrophic turn of events that um, I fear is not over yet. We're going to see, I think, worse yet to come. I'll yeah.
0: Ask. Well, Frank, let me ask you one more question. This is a little speculative, but nonetheless, I think a lot of people are wondering it. Uh, so so we're withdrawing rapidly a um, couple thousand uh, US forces from Afghanistan within the next week, according to the Biden administration, assuming nothing, nothing changes. Why the big rush? Is there something else on the horizon with Taiwan? with China, with Russia, is there something else going on that we're not being told about where these assets, these troops are needed?
4: Well, that's almost certainly true, but I don't think that's the reason that they're being extricated. It's not going to be a week. I think it'll be another 24, 48 hours at the outside. Um, Mm. They've stopped the evacuations. and now the question is: Are they going to be able to get the troops on the airfield uh, at uh, the Kabul airport out of country
0: safely? That's right.
4: that's now an open question. But I, I think the reason that they're being uh, evacuated so quickly, uh, the the operation shut down so quickly, is the threat from the Taliban and its friends. And I say that advisedly. You know, there's some talk that you know the the Taliban is now the good. Uh, Sharia supremacists, Al-Qaeda, and and, it's absurd and and really maliciously misleading. Um, We are dealing with the worst of the worst in terms of these uh, jihadists. And that's what's so frightening about this, Walker, is they will be now at the forefront of the global Islamic movement, as it's called. They will be lionized for being the perpetrators of the great defeat of this superpower and um, as a result they will they will not only be held in high regard by others and they will be um, people people uh, of this uh, Sharia persuasion wish to emulate they will be flocking to Afghanistan as I said earlier to operate from there I think but they will also be inspired to engage in operations around the world including in our own country and Mm. they will be able to come across our border at will. And you started the show with a commentary about, you know, them coming in the front door um, airlifted into the United States. That is a problem to be sure. But so is the possibility that they'll just come in the back door, as are millions of other people. And uh, heaven help us if it turns out that they seek to wage jihad against us as a result inside our country.
0: All right, uh, Frank Gaffney, Center for Security Policy. Uh, thank you for coming on. Hey, I want to have you on again. We'll, we'll get back with you and to talk more about China. There's a lot to talk about uh, when it comes to Amen. China and our national security. So we'll have you on for that. Thank you, Frank.
4: Love to do it. Thank you, Walker.
0: All right, appreciate it. There you have it, Frank Gaffney, <clears throat> national security expert and executive director for the Center for Security Policy. Um, I came across this piece. Um, I came across this piece out of Afghanistan, and this was on. Um, Fox News this morning uh, when the uh, breaking news was coming out of Kabul. Um, This is an Afghan translator. This is audio, about 33 seconds of an Afghan translator vividly describing what happened when the bomb went off uh, in the early uh, or the late uh, late hours of of Kabul, Afghanistan. Clip three, let's listen.
3: I'm an Afghan translator for the United States Marine Corps. I was over here to go and get a Go to the airport and get out of the plane and get out of here. There was an explosion that happened inside the crowd. A lot of people got hurt. I got a baby girl that she was five years old. She died right in my hand. I don't know what exactly is going on over there, but I think some of the Americans, they got hurt, too. And so people are running around. Right now, I have some casualties with me and my vehicle, and I'm taking them to the hospital.
0: Well, that was an Afghan translator on the phone with Fox News saying that um, he had a five-year-old child in his arms, dead, um, and he was taking other people to the hospital in Kabul. Um, That's an Afghan translator. That is a U.S. ally, someone who worked with U.S. forces, uh, put his life at risk to help U.S. forces, and that's at least one U.S. ally still stuck in Kabul. He said he was trying to get to the airport when the blast went off uh, outside of the gate in Kabul at the International Airport there. So there are um, an unknown number of U.S. uh, citizens still stuck in Afghanistan. Some say 1,000, 1,500. Others say way more than that. Um, But they can't get to the airport. Um, so are we about to, to, to get our forces out of there, as, as Frank said, in the next 24 to 48 hours, with American citizens stuck in a terrorist-seized, controlled country? I mean, this is unfathomable. This is unfathomable. I've never seen anything like this. I think that even incompetence doesn't explain this. Uh, there's no way um, uh, that incompetence led to this. This was willful decision-making, making terrible decisions against probably multiple um, uh, at multiple people uh, adv- advising the president to do otherwise and uh, we're uh, stuck to deal with this we have at least 10. US service members that are stuck in harm's way uh, so this is is a tragedy um, I said stuck in harm's way at least uh, 10 service members uh, dead now because of what happened in Kabul, Afghanistan. So we're going to continue monitoring this, and uh, uh, this is going to be news for a long time, so we'll make sure we discuss this in the coming days and the coming weeks. We'll have Frank Gaffney back on. Uh, Folks, pray for our military and for our leaders. Uh, Our country needs wisdom in this hour. AFA at the core, I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to have you with us today. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net, for more information. We'll see you next time.